I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words podcast. It is the second major championship of the season, the PGA Championship or the USPGA, whatever you want to call it. We'll be calling it the PGA Championship from now on, unless the other two on this podcast disagree. So the first of those two are Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom, and welcome to the USPGA. <laughs> I just thought that maybe out of the two of you, it would be you that would probably come up with a comment Do you know like what? That. I'm just hoping that Wayne Grady just corrects me on Twitter. Wayne, Wayne Grady. Is that? I, yes, I missed on that one. Um, okay, he he, um, he um, had a go at Greg Norman. I don't know if you. Ah, uh, yes, I know who it is now. Yeah. He said, "Don't call it the PGA. Call it the PGA Tour." I'm not commenting on it at all. It's no comment. It's just a reference to it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. And uh, and the other person there that we can hear chuffing in the background is Bradley Todd. Brad, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are we? Yeah, we're good. Sun's out. It's major championship week. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's all good. Uh, Nottingham Forest uh, potentially booking a place to Wembley tomorrow so all exciting and uh, all worrying at the same time Um, close last week in the end with Jordan Spieth I was very very keen on him Uh, I'm sure he's going to come up in conversation as we go on in this podcast but uh, Kay actually was brilliant yesterday he really was Um, hold things from everywhere Um, 8 under par on, on the final day when you're a defending champion is some going so he's going to be close to that kind of Matt Every Bay Hill thing. Um, maybe a bit more disrespectful because he, he's actually a steady-ish player. Showed mm-hmm. a little bit at the Wells Fargo as well. So retrospectively, probably quite a big price to defend that title. Um, I was just so bullish at the top of the market that, that I kind of stuck with that, Jason. I thought I thought you know I was very keen on Spieth. We all had our kind of favourites in the market, and uh, in the end, it was. Uh, I think I think the interesting thing, Jace, was that the some of the better players came to the floor over the weekend. Certainly did better than me over there. <laughs> anyway, um, that was just uh, absolutely shocking. And, and it, it's really interesting because, um, as you'll allude to later, this is obviously a completely different test. Yeah. Um, and far more like we saw at uh, Heritage or anything like that, or Genesis or something like that. And yet, history dictates that um, you really want to be playing better than missing a cut. So Sam Burns... Uh, Willie Zelatoris, who mm. was uber confident coming into the week and put everybody off, um, is obviously a bit of a ringer, isn't he? Um, yeah. Don't know what happened there, but yeah, you know, well done. I mean, you know, we, I've said for a long, long time now, the world of golf is better when Jordan Spieth is playing well, hugely entertaining, and you know, he's got to the point where his status as a as a chipper, um, as a short game player, is getting. It's never be there, but it's close to being. Um, Tiger, um, mm. in terms of the fact that on 18, yeah. I mean, he was so, un- I mean, that was unlucky because that was that was within four or five feet. Yeah, right of him. It was a fantastic yeah. shot. Um, but the point is that nobody, well, I say that, I haven't talked to myself watching it, um, I doubt anybody said he's not going to put, he's not going to knock that in. No, so he's got to yeah, that brother, stage now where he's got, everyone knows he's got the ability, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, that, that's what I think is fascinating. And uh, yeah, that. You know, well done, KH Lee. I mean, we've we've never been on when he's won, um, and there we are. But Phoenix form was good then, wasn't it? Phoenix worked. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. first yeah. caught the eye at Phoenix, didn't he? When he was uh, nobody wanted to win behind Brooks and 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 Jordan and KH Lee come, you know, first and second basically. So yeah, fair play. I, I thought he played well, didn't he? Thought he was going to collapse out of it. Yeah, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. 
um, yeah. anyway, that's life and it. It's gone now. It don't mention Brian Fox, if that's all right with you. Cheers. <laughs> don't mention Brian Fox. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to mention Brian Fox either after the evening amount. Um, interestingly, I decided to try and use all of that kind of form, of Phoenix form, to go with JJ Spawn instead of just going with the guy that, you know, had actually contended and then won this uh, this championship the year before. So um, mm. maybe a bit of a swing and a miss there. But uh, yeah. Very... It does sometimes put you off, though, doesn't it, when you see that? Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. not going to do it again, is he? Yeah, it's just one of those ones where you just think, is K actually a back-to-back winner of a golf tournament? And <laughs> you just don't bother, do you? And, and no. here we are. It's, uh, it's what it is, isn't it? I'm, I'm not going to get too caught up on it. I was never thinking about backing him, so I'm not, I'm not upset. Um, Sadao Open was... Very quickly, I don't, I don't want to talk too much about this one. I didn't watch too much of it. I watched it down the stretch. Um, I thought Yannick Paul was pretty impressive. Uh, in parts, I thought I think he's showing an awful lot. He was uh, bogey-free on the final day. He only made one bogey over the weekend in total. So uh, good signs from Yannick Paul. Ryan Fox did what Ryan Fox has Sean been known Crocker to do. Back. Sean Crocker did come back, and I think I thought that was really interesting as well. Like as you say, there, probably we, we kind of mentioned that his irons were looking a little bit better, his drivers looking mm-hmm. a bit better. So he well, kind of put a cut in ages, and he's not only made the cut, he's. he's it's a tight seventh, so yeah. it's, it's massive. That's and, going to be huge for his confidence. I think if he was out a little bit later, if it wasn't for that kind of Saturday, I think he'd have got right in the mix. Yeah. Um, so that would have been interesting. Chase Hanna again seems to be feast yeah, or famine, knocking, doesn't he? Knocking on the door, Chase. Yeah, he's either he's either making uh, missing the cut or finishing top five, top ten. So he's an interesting one. Um, and then a really strange return to form for Andy Sullivan, who couldn't do it at. You know, mm-hmm. the British Masters where everyone thought he might have done and, and then come roaring back yesterday. So, um, other than that, Oliver Becker keeps playing incredibly well, doesn't he? Um, he does. Without winning, Adrian Moronk, a little bit the same. Made two eagles yesterday and a double bogey. Kind of sums up his golf career so far. Um, nothing too much else on that, lads. And anyone else no. got anything to say? No. Anything well, for you, Jason? Get your money, find money back on Foxy this week. Well... Do, do you want to have a little bit on, on Ryan Fox? I'm sure we'll come on to him uh, no. later on. But uh, top 40, then. Well, I, I do think that the, the odds are interesting. Not on, you know, I definitely won't be backing Ryan Fox to win, but I think there are potential ways to uh, to look at him. But let's go into the PGA Championship, then. Let's not delay sure. any further. Um, Southern Hills, first time we've seen this golf course since 2007, Brad. It's not going to play like it did when Tiger Woods won. I don't think you necessarily no. learn anything from Tiger Woods winning a golf tournament anyway. So I think we can almost dismiss that renewal and, and just look at this from fresh. Definitely, mate. Yeah, because they've, they've widened the fairways, they've removed some of the trees, and uh, it's become incredibly um, a lot longer golf course. So, mm. yeah, it would definitely help to have a, uh, some distance off the tee, but it's not going to be be or end all uh, because you need to be... The greens are going to be tough, like the, the smallest greens, and you need to yeah, you need to be good around the greens because there's going to be a lot of people missing them. And so, yeah, approach playing around the greens is going to be huge. The wind's going to be blowing, so, yeah, you need to be able to play well in the wind. And and also, it's just going to be a difficult event to score. You know? So, uh, par is going to be a good score a lot of the time. So, I think you've got to look at events where that is the case and just sort of try and come up with a, a card from that really yeah i mean jace i'm looking at this as a as a single digit pj championship win again um maybe looking along the lines of brooks kepka and uh, eight under a couple of years ago um 
I don't know if you, if you feel the same way, but it, it certainly feels like with the greens, of how small they are compared to the length of the golf course, as Brad's alluded to there, just around the green is going to be, you know, ridiculously important, despite the fact you can go in with basically what you like because everyone's going to be bashing driver. Uh, it does feel like there's going to be some, you know, they've already talked about the soft edges, runoff areas akin to, you know, Augusta. It, it really does seem to be that the, the best up and down players are, are going to come to the fore here. Yeah, maybe two ways of looking at it, isn't mm. there? The, you know, the, the very accurate, we say it, the very accurate uh, approach player that's going to miss putts to get to level par, or the you know more wild player that's yep. going to get up and down to get level par. So mm. yeah, it's going to be that. You know, what's going to be? It's going to be that odd chip in, isn't it? It's got, we always say it's going to be that. You know, that spark of genius, that that you know one shot on the par five that gives you a five foot putt. Yeah, you know, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. I mean, um, I think. They said they're not going to be very, very fast uh, greens. Um, and apparently, according to one website I'm reading, um, you know, that the, the pins aren't going to be particularly tucked away in like completely uh, yeah. non-approachable positions. Having said that, yeah, I mean, he's been told to, to, to you know, make a, a PGA and um, that's what it's going to be. But yeah, I mean, I think if you approach it, it from a couple of angles, as I say, you know, people that are good from the rough, uh, with their approaches uh, and people so that are tidy and, and just have a couple of options and see what happens. Who knows? Eh? Look, as, say, as we say, look what happened last week when, um, yeah. you know, Sam Burns and Willie Z looked like, you know, looked like at least they should have made the cut. You know, yeah. things happen. But yeah. it does look it does look as though it's going to grind and, and in that respect then, um, you know, you have to be looking at one of the fans. And, and, and history takes, you know, that, that you know, you need to be ranked in the top 20 in the world, really. Mm-hmm. the challenge and and it's just it's what that it is it's the uspga and it's but i mean we discussed this a while ago sorry go on right we discussed this um a bit ago when the pga used to be the final major yeah um it was sort of the major that gives everybody else a chance to win really. yeah um, everybody else wins. but and I, and I remember this conversation last year you brought up the fact that even when it was you don't have that many outsiders winning yes you, you know you know um why yang you get obviously and you know, Daft that wasn't particularly fancied, but you know, apart from that, it doesn't matter when the when it's it's so difficult that you have to be an elite player. So, waste your time really looking at um looking at rags. I think. Yeah, and also I think I think two two points there is one. This is always known as that kind of outsiders potential major, yep. which it, it, I think is a bit of a misconception, like you've just pointed to there, yes. Jace, because why Yang. Yes, he's an outsider. Yes, you don't think he's going to win against Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods shoots at 75 on the final day, which is unheard of for, for him in the major contention, um, to allow it to happen. But he'd also won the Honda Classic that year. You go to yeah. Keegan Bradley, uh, wins his first major, in his, you know, very early on in his career, had won the Byron Nelson earlier that year. Jason Duffner had won before. Um, yeah. You know, it's not entirely... You know, not that surprising. Was Martin Keimer a surprise? Obviously not. He was playing incredibly good golf at that time. So um, even when you look at kind of like Jimmy Walker is like a surprise. Yes, you know, I didn't really have him down as a major champion, but he was coming off a, a two-win season the year before. Um, could have been three wins. He lost in the playoffs to Patrick Reed as well. And he was just a very good player at that time of his career. So then you look at Phil Mickelson, and Phil Mickelson is obviously the one that everyone's going to point to. He, he was, what was he, 200 odd to one, Brad? But this, yeah. is, this is not a, a normal 200 to one shot. This is a guy that not, spent no. a career winning, what was he, 40, yeah. 45 
tournament wins or whatever it was, um, once he gets in the hunt, that's a, he's a completely different animal. So he was in he was in decent form on the um, you know the senior tour if he wasn't on the PGA tour, and it's a slightly different approach. So all of that said, I don't think you know you're looking at the last. I mean, if Mickelson didn't win that, it's Brooks Koepka or Louis Oosthuizen. The year before, it's Colin Morikawa beating Paul Casey and Dustin Johnson. The year before that, Brooks Dustin. The year before that, Brooks Tiger. The year before that, Justin Thomas beating Oosthuizen, Molinari, Patrick Reed. So. Big boys are always up there. Yeah, they? and even then before that, like just um, Jimmy Walker just beat Jason Day, who had won it the year before and beaten Jordan Speed. It really doesn't seem to throw think, up that many surprises. I think the problem we've got is that, is that we go back to when it was pre whatever 2017, say. Yeah. And we were betting five or six places max. Yeah. So we were getting 100, 150, 201 about. Yeah. Potential outside. That's a massive point as, as well. Yeah. As we discussed before before we spoke. You know, okay, yeah, we're getting 10, 11 places, but we're having to take 50 mm. and 60. And and they, they don't have a particular big win upside. Um, so, therefore, the appeal to, to be backing these outsiders in this tournament is, is it's just not there. Mm. Yeah, no, I, th- I, think that's, I think that's a massive point, Jase, that you bring up there. Because even, like, you're just looking at the kind of first and second place finishers. They're, they're, they're just all names. I mean, you go back to David Lim finishing seconds of Roy McIlroy, who's eight shots behind, and it was a ridiculous weather week. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it just doesn't happen. So I, I think that, especially now it's been moved to May and everyone's kind of right in the middle or, or the second half of the PGA Tour season, they've all kind of got their wins or all in good form. Um, I don't think it's outside of major anymore. So to that point, I think we're not going to surprise too many people with the names that we're going to mention. We're going to make our best cases for them, put them forward. Um, I don't think if you're coming here to look for 300 to 1 shots for the PJ Championship, you're going to have much uh, enjoyment, is, is what I would say. I think there's definitely ways to go at them at top 10s, top 20s. Um, mm. You know, we, we've kind of put things up on the DraftKings show about, you know, outsiders for that. But in terms of betting, I think it's purely looking at the top of the market and uh, and kind of making your pick. So with that all said, John Rahm is the 12 to 1 favourite with Scotty Scheffler. Um We'll, we'll leave it there and just talk about those two quickly. Brad, I don't know how to rule out Scotty Scheffler. Um, probably don't really know how to rule out John Rahm either, but I, I find it a lot harder to rule out Scotty Scheffler over John Rahm. 100%. No, I mean, John Rahm at the moment, you can sort of see you know, question marks about his game, but with Scotty, even last week, I mean, he finished tied 15th in his home state, and you probably think that's about as bad as it's going to get for him at the yeah. moment, you know? he's just on fire and yeah you just he's got the whole game hasn't he and that's what you think you're going to need this week it's going to test every aspect of your game and he's just got it all so yeah there's no question for me which one i'd have over if they're at the same price i'd i'd, I'd be all over scotty and i think the other thing with scott shepherd as well is he he looked like he had that kind of lazy approach where he doesn't really care what he does that the week before it's a little warm-up for him yeah it? like and he didn't do a lot on the final day, which is slightly disappointing. But he shot 65 on Saturday, which kind of shows how good he was and and how well he can play without really giving a shit. I think, and that that's a really interesting place to be in. John Rahm, I think now Jace is he, he's been the favourite for as long as we've been doing his podcast for basically every event he's ever entered. Um, obviously, won that Mexico Open, and that and that kind of brings him back to the fore. Do you think he's fixed enough to be considered for this? I know he's not forgotten. I mean, he's certainly not forgotten, but he is, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, and and really for no real particular reason, he, he had a rough spell, didn't he? But you know, he's back. Um, I, I think it's a big test of patience. This 
and I'm still not convinced that. I think it's a big effort for him to uh, a very good be point. relaxed throughout a tournament. I think it's it's a, he has to make a conscious effort, and this could just it might get the better of him. It might not, but there's you know the the, the, the six or so behind him in the market are so so strong, aren't they? Yeah. Um, it's he's going to be have to bang on, and I think it's a while since we sort of said he's the undisputed number one. Yeah. Um, in the world, and uh, there we are. You know, it doesn't appeal to me, but. And, and, and also to add, I mean, no disrespect to the, the Mexico Open, it was like a good little event, but I mean, it is, it was the Mexico yeah. Open and it, it was the level of field was was pretty poor and he got off to a flying start and he, he just about hung, hung on really by the end of it. Um, it wasn't convincing by any means. Obviously, it, it, don't want to take it away. To win any tournament's brilliant on the PGA Tour, but, you know, I still, I still think... Um, you got to, you got to take that into account a little bit. I, I do think that it's one of those rare victories where everyone's just gone, all right, whatever. Like, doesn't change anyone's opinion about no. anything. Yes, okay, he's found obviously a bit of a putting stroke that week, but 68, 69 over the weekend. That's it. He was yeah. beaten by everybody in that kind of top five, um, which you could argue is because he set himself up with a 64, 66 to start. It, you know, it goes both ways. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I don't necessarily think it's changed my mind i think obviously it means that he found a putting stroke that week and that is obviously helpful but uh yeah i don't I need to be back in the top 12 i think jason makes a really good point though about how, having to be patient yeah this week. and yeah i think scotty just never looks that flustered does he never yeah. really looks flustered and even when you think he's got no shot he'll find a way out because he's just calm and collected and he makes clutch putts when he has to and uh it- yeah it's incredible that we actually say that now, isn't it? Scotty Sheffield oh, a year ago was amazing. It is, yeah. it, is um, but it just shows you what that one that one win has, has done to him. And we all said it, didn't we? we we're gonna once he gets over the line, he's just gonna turn into a monster. Well, I didn't expect it to be this much of a monster, but <laughs> no, I agree. I, I think it, I think it's mad. I think I think I think we we knew he was capable of something like this. We just didn't know quite, so like you say, the the level he was gonna go to. But now he is undisputedly the person that I think is the hardest to ever rule out on a, on a week at the moment, which is uh, everyone else I can kind of find niggling doubts with. I can't with him, which probably should suggest that I should back him at, at 12 to 1 even, but mm-hmm. um, I've, I've decided to go elsewhere down the market. But, Jace, we were talking about kind of top 20s and things like this before we came on, and, and you, you mentioned Rory McIlroy's name. Is there any interest for him as, as an actual outright bet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's... Incredible chance. Mm. I just like I, there's no point because everything that is that we know about these players is in front of you. So yeah. there's not there's nothing to reveal or anything. Um, I, I think he's been uh, well, he's been incredibly impressive without doing it. Yeah. Um, and I actually can see him winning this, no problem. And I don't say that about Rory McIlroy whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have a slight concern um, about his um, about where the driver's going, but. Um, I'm really, you know, his 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 play's been excellent from from wherever it lands, and I, I can see him winning this no problem at all. I I, I can't split uh, Rory Jordan and JT, but if you if you know put guns to my head, I will say Rory. I I think he will. I, I think the the only concern, and I, and I think I agree with a lot of it, basically in a way of saying. Uh, there's plenty left in the tank for Rory. I, th- I think he, he's left some behind this year and it's looked effortless. So I think I agree with kind of the sentiment if that's the lines you were going with. My only concern is he doesn't win golf tournaments at the scoring 
that's generally required for this. I know he won 10 under at Wells Fargo, and that's probably a decent barometer yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. last year. And you know, and then if you factor that in, and the fact that you could have won the Honda Classic at 8 under in 2014 where he lost in the playoff, like all of a sudden that theory gets disputed quite quickly. So I think that's why he's overlooked a little bit. The only thing I didn't think was I kind of thought that he was going to be pushed out to these kind of 16, 18 to 1 prices rather than Spieth and Thomas. Um, and, and that's why I'd slightly give both of them the edge over him. But um, that, that would be it. I, I don't have any negatives on Rory other than I think if it does get a little bit windy, does that suit him? I think he's mm-hmm. almost disproved that to a certain extent as well in recent times. I, it's yeah. hard. It's hard, mate, isn't it? I, I think, I mean, I looked at it. If You, you know, it's roughly 4-1. Yeah, the three of them to win it, and uh, you know, there we are. I'd be, uh, you know, we couple them every week, and we say, oh, you know, XX next top six or whatever. But this is four to one for them three, and I think that's, I think one of them will definitely trade much shorter. So that they they look a, a very very good team for this test, and I'm, you know, I'm very very happy with that. Yeah, I, th- I think I think also, and I, I don't like to put too much stock in just one tournament, but I was really impressed with what Rory did at the Wells Fargo. I know it's a completely different test. I know it's a different event, but just how how impressive he was over the weekend in tough conditions is kind of against what people have been saying about him. So that all said, I do prefer Justin Thomas. I do think it's got to come to a point where Justin Thomas, and I fell in this trap at the Masters, and I'm going to fall into it again. Uh, but I was just so impressed, like, all season long, his putting improved over the weekend. Um, well, he improved actually every round last week at the Byron Nelson. So he gained 0.454 on the first day, 0.463 the second day, 0.687 on Saturday. And then he gained almost 1.8 strokes on the final day, which I just think, although people won't see the Byron Nelson Brad as a good warm up for this test because it's such a different, you know, it's a birdie fest versus a real slog. In my head, like mentally, if you're just holding putts all weekend long and just making birdies and seeing them go in, that's got to be a confidence builder, whether of it's coming to birdie fest or not. Yeah, of course, it's going to be a confidence builder. And you could say the same about with Shafley and uh, Matsuyama as well. They just got completely hot on the, the last round as well. I mean, it's going to be a huge confidence booster for them all. But yeah, Thomas, it just seems like a win is just evading him at the moment and across. You know all the events, not just the majors, and it's, it's I, I, I do feel like there is some like good appeal to take him this week. Um, I looked elsewhere, but I was he was also on my radar as well. It's just he's got he's just looking really solid, and as you said, that's got to be a good little confidence builder this week. So yeah, I'm still finding him and Spieth so hard to separate, and not for any <laughs> of the other reasons that everyone you know Stuff. finds it hard to separate. But I I just think. That was the two I was deciding between I th- as well. I think, yeah. I think Thomas's all-round game is more dependable, but Spieth is hitting the ball so well off the tee now. Mm. Uh, it just even that I don't like that pre-shot routine he's got. But every time he pulls it back, he seems to seems to nail the fairway. Well, uh, if it works, it works. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't really care. Um, his approach play has been absolutely phenomenal. His chipping's great, as you know, as, as Jason's already mentioned. And mm. you know, it. <sighs> the only thing that concerns me about Spieth is that three putt on 10 of course, and, it's, and it's been and it's been like that all season do you know what I mean like it's not just been once and that and that's what concerns me it has been you know mm. kind of what he's done throughout the season and he's kind of look he's doing that thing where he looks at the pole again before he's finished putting and 
you know, yeah. I, I, yeah, there, there, there's concerns there. So that would be my that and and the added pressure of trying to complete the Grand Slam is the only well, thing yeah. I can see. That's either going to go like it's either going to be like it's it's going to heavily motivated obviously to complete it, but at the same time it could be his Achilles heel almost, couldn't it? Like just, but he's he's no stranger to pressure, so. I, I couldn't get put off by him, uh, by that. I just, uh, I see it actually as a, a bit of a, a plus that he's got that added motivation to complete it. Um, his, it's just about. His attitude yesterday was brilliant, I thought. I thought mm. the, how he actually responded to that kind of three-part and he just had a smile on his face all week. I think he, in his face, yeah. you could sort of say like, I know I'm in great shape for next week. And that yeah. golf course is going to suit me. I think he's obviously him and JT played last week. He's probably gone to something. He's got a little bit of confidence well, from there. I think the conditions were absolutely awful for them as well when they yeah. played, yeah. which um, are even worse that they're going to get all week. So, yeah, it's going to be good, good practice. Trust, uh, good trust practice. him in the wind, don't we, Brad? I think I think he's oh, as fair as to say at Open Championships. Yeah. Are, you know, it's that's one of the strong. That's one of the major factors behind choosing him. You know, he's, he's proven himself in the tough windy conditions you know so uh it's a big up uh, a big plus i don't like doing this but i'd almost i've got one other after this that, I, that i'm really keen on i'd almost just be happy just roll with them with, with three just have justin so much mm. speaker and the guy that i'm going to come on to and leave it at that and i know that's taken that you know plenty from the top of the market but i just don't see any reason why not to like just why because not? just because that is not the done thing if it's going to make me money i don't really care like yeah. Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth and the one extra is almost the way I want to go. So um, rather than trying to split Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and being really pissed off when the other one does it at the weekend, I'll probably mm. just take both. So they're both in my line of thinking. Um, Jason, anything on Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth that we haven't said already? No, no I agree. Like, I'll go again. I'll, I'll you know we discussed this before we came on. Um, Rory, Jordan, and JT are just odds on. Literally tips on. The top 20 finish. Yeah, I'd be amazed if you don't get two of them home. Mm. Um, and extremely likely you get all three, to be honest. But um, you know, again, it's you know, it's not it's not rocket science. This isn't something we're gonna we're gonna be able to boast that we've got an 80 to one winner as we have. You know, all three of us have done mm-hmm. um, all season. But it's not that tournament. And uh, you know, I think it's 20 to 23, whatever nonsense that is. Uh, 2021 and 2021 for the other two so you know two in the top 20 and you made a profit and that's what it's about and uh, yeah they're the three and, and play it how you want I, I, there we are I'm very happy I'm, you know if you don't, like don't get a run I'll be amazed yeah I, th- I think that that is that is the thing like if you don't what you know what else can you do like we can only go by what we've got in front of us uh, that is all in front of us it's the only major that Justin Thomas has won uh, I think there's a little bit of pride in there from the fact that he's... Uh, I don't really like this narrative too much, but his dad has obviously been a pre professional for so long. Maybe it just means a little bit more to him than it does others. Um, mm. Other than that, there's, there's really nothing else to say. We're, we're not here, as Jason said, breaking news. Everyone knows these three or four guys are at the top of the tree and you've just got to kind of make your decision on them. But they are just so strong, JT and Jordan, I think, for these two. Um, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantley... Cameron Smith, DJ, Xander, Hovland. I'll put that group together. Uh, and Jason, I'll come on to you first for those five golfers, if you can remember who I've just listed off. Um, six players, so I can't even remember. Who who would stand out for you there, Jason? 
You can bet Xander to win next year's Masters, obviously. Um, <laughs> every, every time you win, just put 10% on Xander to win next year's Masters. And if he doesn't, then just take 10% of next year's winnings and put it on for the one after. Because <laughs> at some point, he's going to win the bloody thing. Um, no. None of them. None of them stand up. No, and, and do you know what? I thought, I came into this week thinking I was going to bet Dustin Johnson. And now I'm so happy on Spieth and Thomas, I, I don't think I will. And, and I don't think he's actually been pushed out as much as I thought he might do. I thought he might have gone to a ridiculous price and it would just be really unavoidable. But the 22 to 1 is a decent price, I think. I think it's a good test for him. Uh, he's just a bit too lightly run for me. He doesn't seem to have managed to build that momentum anywhere as you kind of expect him to. Um, beware ruling out Colin Morikawa is always is always the the motto, but he hasn't done it for me as much as I would like him to. Um, didn't you know he had a good final round at at the Masters, but otherwise nothing really in recent memory that makes me think I'd bet Morikawa. Patrick Cantlay is Patrick Cantlay. I don't really have too much to say on him. So Brad, that leaves Cameron Smith as yeah. someone that you are you are going to be your second bet to speed. Yep, the Smith Whisperer. He's <laughs> speaking, yeah. Sim- he's similar to Spiefer. It's like emphasis on approach play and game around the greens this week. And they haven't really been much better than him in that department. So if you disregard the Zurich Classic, we saw him last at the Heritage. He missed the cut, but that was no doubt just a hungover performance from the Masters disappointment. And uh, looking at the stats, his approach play would have just remained excellent, which it has been his biggest improvement this year. Um but it was actually interesting. It was this short game that escaped him, losing you know, three strokes around the green, one stroke on the green. So I just put that down to like a, a bad day at the office. Besides the point, he's, he's had a month to prepare for Southern Hills. And I was just a little bit concerned over the lack of competitive golf he has played. Um, but I do believe like the positives outweigh the negatives because he has that elite short game. His approach play has been brilliant. He's excellent in the winds. And it's the driver, which is can be a bit wayward. Um, but with these wider forgiving fairways, hopefully shouldn't be too much of a problem as long as he avoids the creeks. Um, and he just possesses a, just a brilliant record in the majors. Four top tens at Augusta. Um, he has a top five at the US Open back in 2015. He just seems like he's like that type of player that sort of raises his game for the big occasions. And his ability to play in the wind, show up in difficult scoring conditions, it's just a massive, another massive factor why I'm choosing him. Um, this week, um, so yeah, hopefully it's a hat trick of wins <laughs> and so, myself this week. That would just be brilliant. I think I'd have to like get a t shirt. That'd be so, something Aussie, but that's just like chanting Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Get a wig, yeah, you can have, you can have that oh, mullet if you like. I'll happily rip a mullet. Yeah. I'd, uh, if, if yeah, if I was backing him and I was going to win, I'd have to certainly get a wig because I couldn't grow my hair out like that. Um, nah, I think my days are gone, and that yeah, as well. my, my days are definitely numbered with hair, let alone Cameron Smith's hair. <laughs> Um, my concern, Brad, and, and I know you just said he's brilliant in the majors. I don't know if it's just a Masters thing. Because mm. I know he's got that top four know, at the US yeah, Open yeah. in 2015, right? And, and, and the, there's two sides to this, right? Is that either he, he's just good at Augusta and nowhere else, and he doesn't like the other setups, or we're just seeing a new Cameron Smith this year and his major performances from here on out are going to uptick. Do you know what I mean? He, he, he had that splash at Chambers Bay, and that was a bit of a funky event. I'm, I'm just a little bit off-put by how Do you think poor... he's transformed as a player, though, this year? I think he's upped his yeah. game. Yeah, so, that, so that's, that's... So there's that. That's and also, the flip yeah. side. 
Like, and I do think Augusta's actually not a bad look. No, this week. so I, mean, I, think, like, I think this is probably. So you've got to look at it. I think if you're betting Cameron Smith this week, this has got to be the one, the favourite okay. course that you've seen him play a major on outside of Augusta because his PJ Championship record is crap. Like 25th miscut, 56th, 64th, 43rd, 59th. His open record is miscut 78th, 20th, 33rd. And the US open record, aside from that fourth place, is 59th cut, 72nd, 38th miscut. Now, that's past performance. And sometimes we get too caught up in past performance versus current mm-hmm. day. And that, that would be that would be where I would have to question myself. But it, it just put me off that, like, especially with his PJ Championship form, that he's had nothing. Away like, from Augusta, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, it, the US Open, I think he's suited to because it, it gets tough. I think the Open Championship, if he gets on the right side of the draw. Like, there's a lot of things that you're just looking on the Wikipedia results don't give you. Like, he could have been in bad tee times, could have been bad form that year. It's so hard to peak for them. It's just that he's been so bad at PJ setups that kind of puts me off. Now, yeah. the other ones earlier in his career were kind of more birdie fest, and that's not his MO. Um, if you think he's basically Jordan Spieth light or Jordan Spieth heavy now, whatever way you want to look at it, the way he's playing this year, um, and, and you think this is a good golf course, then you do have to bet Cameron Smith. Yeah. Um, which which I completely understand your reason. I just thought it was worth giving that kind of insight into agree, yeah. maybe maybe where he's kind of come up short. Because I, I, I was the same. I kind of thought, oh, Cameron Smith is actually a major player. Mm. Um, a little bit like Mark Leish when he gets that kind of respect as well and he's had a couple of runners up and then done nothing elsewhere and it, it just do we overvalue it I, I don't know I, yeah it, I think the most important thing is to see where he's come this year and then look at the course fit and then also see that I, I, I quite like looking at Augusta this week yeah. and yeah to see them four top tens well, the thing is, if he has four top tens this year in the majors, that changes everything, doesn't it? Like of Ricky course. Fowler had four top tens in a major season. Do you know what I mean? Like he can do that. Um, well, he might have four top fives, I think Ricky Fowler. But you know, it, it he could easily go third, fifth, seventh, eighth, or third, fifth, second, or win, win, win. And yeah. all of a sudden, you're you're, you're saying that, that conscious bias that I've had going in now. Um, suddenly gets changed. So interesting on Cameron Smith. I, I don't, I, I don't know where I sit on it at the moment. I just think that maybe there's a little bit of a worry that he hasn't done it in other majors. Mm. Um, Jason, anything to add on Cameron Smith at all? No, he could be an Augusta specialist, couldn't he? Hmm. Um, I mean, it's just how wild he is, really. I think, obviously, until we see this, we don't, you know, we don't really know, do we? They're saying that it's not obviously not be gnarly like it was when it was bad weather back in whenever it was. Um, I, yeah, I just think I, I wonder just how how wild he's going to be, but just how can you knock him? You know, yeah. Um, yeah. But what can you do? You can't knock him apart from the fact. And I've got one that's exactly the same. That was twenty first. I know in a poxy tournament, but the form figures say you should be in the top twenty basically. But no, nah, um, is it slightly off? Uh, the heritage wouldn't have been great. Um, fair enough, Brad. You know, a week after the Masters. Mm. And a disappointing, really disappointing end result. So yeah, possibly. I, I don't think he, he he can be considered the same as any of the the others that we've spoken about. Um, and that's probably my problem. He might be overbet. He might be too short now. But equally, yeah. he's, uh, you know, if it, if it does come to a grind, it, what he does on the greens is fabulous, isn't it? 
you know, he can really do mm. some serious damage. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like I'm his not... I like his versatility. I like the fact that we know he can go low when the opportunity presents itself and we know he can tough it out when he needs to. It's, it's, it's another one where he's got a fantastic attitude. We're talking about Scheffler. Yeah. You know, he's got the patience, you know, to tackle these kind of tests. He's got to have patience to grow that fucking haircut, hasn't he? <laughs> um, yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I don't know. That sounds like we're really down on, on your take there with Cameron Smith. No, right? no, but no, I, not, I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily it's a bit think... It's boring this... if everyone had the same opinion. Yeah, I think, I think I've just... I've had to take lines with people like Smith now, <laughs> and, and that that's the line I've taken. I've taken the line with Morikawa. I don't think enough. he's playing well enough. I can't play. I just don't like, so that's easy. Um and Xander Schauffele always thinks a little bit overvalued and, you know, he's probably going to be better a little bit because he shot what he shot yesterday and I still don't really care about that. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is an exciting time for the Lost Words podcast because not only is it major championship season, but it's also new ad read season. Now, Manscaped have been a tremendous sponsor for the podcast, providing great equipment to our hosts and an awesome discount for our listeners. Summer is here, the sun is shining, shirts are off and your balls are smooth. You heard that right, your friends at Manscaped are here to make sure that your beach balls are as smooth as Floridian sand. Now in the summer you want to kill some cold beers and barbecues, not kill the vibe of your pubes peeking out of your swim trunks. That's why Manscaped has their performance package 4.0 to keep the party in your pants looking crisp and refreshing all summer long. So dive headfirst into the summer by joining the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com and using code LFW20 for 20% off and free shipping. Now the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to prepare for that summer board. Inside this package you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxes Briefs and a Travel Bag to hold all your goodies. Get 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com and using that code LFW20. That is 20% off with the code LFW20 and free shipping at manscaped.com. This is the summer to turn your package into the full package with Manscaped. That leads us a bit to Hovland, uh, who I thought was going to be probably one of the most backed golfers this week because he's really good tee to green. Uh, he played at Oklahoma State and we think he's going to win a major championship at some point. Is this, Jason, too difficult around the greens for him to be considered? Yeah, yeah I think so. Definitely. I think so. He's such a, he's such a classic, um, classic player, isn't he, Tita Green? Um, it's, it's, it's asking a lot, I think, for him to uh, be able to compete with some of these speeds. And, and, well, it's Cameron Smith, you know, I, I just think it's too much. If he's asked a lot, then he's going to struggle. Yeah, and uh, I think... He'll I th- get there. I think he'll get there. But he's still very, very... He's still too happy. That's the problem. Um, <laughs> yeah, he needs, he needs to be miserable like us. And then he yeah, 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 yeah. He does. Yeah, <laughs> he's still too happy about everything, and uh, not there's anything wrong with that, obviously. But I, I'd be, yeah, he's, he's not for me this week. Um, but he'll win bundles, won't he? So. I think. I think the thing we've. I think the easiest thing I could find, and maybe we focus on the around the greens, and that's why, Brad, that that we don't mm-hmm. want to go hovering because he's just got that glare and weakness, and there's all these runoffs. But he's just not been there in a major yet. And I know it's early in his career, but his best finish so far to date in a, in a major is still when he was amateur at the US Open. He finished 12th in 2019, like which actually speaks to just how bloody good he is that he finished that high up as an amateur. But um, yeah, it's and, a bit off putting, isn't it? <laughs> well, he's, he's he's not had the opportunity. It's not like he's had 30 majors and and still not you know had a chance. But it it just feels like he. 
I don't know quite how he'd react in in a major Sunday. Like everyone that we're looking at at the top of the market that we've spoken about, um, we've seen evidence. Like as much as we what we just said about Cameron Smith, he's played in final groups at, or mm. you know near final groups in major championships. But whether it was at one course or not doesn't really matter. Uh, we know what he did at Chambers Bay. You know he's been in it. We know he's been at the Augusta. So Chris Hovland, we just don't. We we've got no idea where he's going to react. Like. Is he a decent closer? Yes, to the eye. He seems like a decent closer. Um, but he's closed to Puerto Rico Open and the Maya Cobra twice. Like, you just don't know quite how he's going to react. He's beaten Josh Teeter, Aaron Wise and Carlos Ortiz. It's it's difficult to commit at 25s when, when everyone else is, you know, you see in the same sort of price range has had that, you know, experience of contending in a major. You know, it's difficult to commit. Yeah, I, I just I just don't know what way. I think I think the and thing it, with Victor Hopcom, right? I was going to say, and couple that with the the around the green troubles, you know, and it's just, it's just a, an easy one yeah, to avoid for that's me. that's what I felt. And I, I felt like people would bet on Victor Hovland to win the PGA because they want to be the ones that are on his first big win. And, mm-hmm. and that would be why. Um, so I didn't really feel compelled to back him. Now, the next person in the best in the market is the next one that I'm going to bet, and he's going to be part of this trio, and he's getting backed in, and, and I think rightly so. I backed him at 40-1 to 1 on the exchange yesterday in the end. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama is now best-priced 25s with the 10 places. You can still get 28s if you take a couple less. I think 25-1. to 1. You can get 25-1 to 1 11 places with Boyle Sports, or 30-1 mm. eight places with Bet365, depending on how you want to bet. I just, I just think he's such a good bet. Like, I think now all it ever was with Hideki Matsuyama was health of late. Like you just didn't know whether he was fit. Uh, we do know, I think now that he's okay. Like he defended his title pretty decently at, at the Masters. He had that bogey-free second round on on uh, Friday, and then was disappointing on the Saturday, which you do have to consider. But you know, he's just gone and shot whatever he shot at, at the the Byron Nelson. 26, yeah, 62 yeah. on the final round, shoots 23 under par, whatever it was. And he's, the most important thing to me is he's completed those four rounds. Uh, he was second tee to green in the final round. He was fourth tee to green on the first round. Uh, he was third in approach on the first round, first in approach in the fourth round. Uh, couple all that together with the fact that we just know what Hideki Matsuyama is now. Uh, we know he's got that monkey off of his shoulders um, three get three rounds of, of gaining strokes uh, putting in the final three rounds at the Byron Nelson I just really like him I, I just think everything kind of points to him being really really good and I look at it he's never missed the cut in this event which doesn't necessarily mean he can win but he's played it nine times never missed the cut two top fives three top 23 finishes the last three um, I just I really like Hideki Matsuyama and, and I really liked him yesterday I still like him despite the fact he's He's come in. I think coming mm. in a little bit is a, a tiny little bit off-putting, um, but I just think that it was a it was on the fact that he was probably too big before Brad, as opposed to actually, um, you know, coming yeah. in too short. No, definitely. Oh, it's a great case you make for him, and I, I can still see thirties available with Bet Three Six Five. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't argue with any of that. And as you said, it was all about whether he was healthy or not. And we, there was a bit of question marked over last week still, weren't there? Yeah. And he's, he's gone out and put that performance in. It kind of uh, screams for you to bet him almost. Um, but, yeah, I didn't, I couldn't get there, given that I've gone strong up the top with Spieth and uh, Cam. But, yeah, 
can't argue with anyone taking Hideki this week. I just, really I just like that. Like, his around the green game is is always been pretty tidy. You know, when it's mattered, and if we're if we're going to kind of compare it to the Masters, that's obviously what he's won. Uh, Jason, I just think that, I mean, I, I just was waiting to see signs of health. I kept backing him at like Tory Bynes and places earlier this year because he was a big price, and you know, I, I just thought that we were just worrying about his health. And lo and behold, he he looks healthy and he's gone 14 and third his last two starts. That's a long time since. Uh... Since you thought he was going to finish 22nd in every event. <laughs> it was, isn't it? Yeah, I've changed. I've changed by, this is how quickly your attitudes can change towards a golfer. And uh, I've gone full 360 on uh, on Hideki Matsuyama. Mm-hmm. Any, uh, yeah. any uh, thoughts? Uh, uh, I, I, he's, he's not for me, to be honest with you. Um, I expect that. I mean, he's, he's, you know, his victories at Muirfield or Gusta, you know, proper courses, probably can't reasonably well to this. But, um, yeah. I, I'd want more. I, you know, one swallow doesn't make a summer. Um, so, I, you know, it'd be nice to see him do it sort of two or three events in a row. Um, yeah, whatever. I'm not that fussed about last week's um, sort of easy, easy call. So, um, yeah, what for me, mate. But, um, you know, it's very nice to hear you. And one day you will be with me on Xander for the Masters. Yeah, I think I probably will. Um, and probably Robert McIntyre for the Open as well. But uh, <laughs> it, it, I think I think for me, like you just say, and, I, and like you just said there, like one swallow doesn't make a summer. And I've, I've used that quote probably two or three times about players in recent weeks. And, and I'm kind of going against that myself. But I also think just the 14th that the Masters was really impressive. Like yeah. defending yeah. champions don't, do that well there and he wasn't even just a normal defending champion like he he's you know someone that had a lot of pressure on him from a very early age and i just think his major record's actually pretty outstanding and since he's won that masters he's finished fourth at the olympics in his own country which was massive second at the wgc where he lost in the playoff he's then started the season with a sit one twice uh you, you could argue that russell henley basically lost the Sony Open as opposed to him winning it but he won again in his home country which again it just shows how well he deals with uh, you know pressure situations so that's my spill on Hideki Matsuyama I'm really keen on him uh, mm. and it rolls us on nicely to Shane Lowry Brad yes Shane Lowry completes, completes your trio of bets here does complete my trio yep I grabbed him at 40 to 1 this morning but he's been he's coming big time now and you think the best you can get is 30 to 1 with bet fred which i still think is just about okay um doesn't appeal as much at that no. number i still think i'd probably be on him maybe but i don't know it'll be a stretch but he's just been in ridiculously good form hasn't he he just hasn't missed a cut all year his worst finish if you disregard the match play event was a tied 24th back in january i think that was the dubai desert classic so, I mean, that's the kind of consistency and form that should reward a win at some point. And he's coming into this event off the back of two third-place finishes at the Heritage and, more importantly, the Masters. And Southern Hills, as we said earlier, looks as though it's going to test every aspect of your game, as every major should. And he's been firing on all fronts. There hasn't really been a weak point. He's been inside the top 20 tee to green and approach in his last seven starts. Surprisingly, it's his game around the green that has been letting him down recently. But we all know with Shane that this is usually his strong point. He's renowned for his excellent short game. So I don't really have any issue turning a, a blind eye to that. 
Uh, it will need to be at his best this week, though, if he's to have any chance. But he boasts a, a pretty impressive major record. Obviously, he has that major to his name, the win at the Open back in 2019. He has a tied ninth and a tied second at the US Open, tied eighth and a tied fourth at the PGA Championship, and a tied third this year at the Masters. So he's a player with a lot of experience in the majors, and that will definitely come in handy this week with what looks a, a tough test. And uh, similar to Jordan and Cam, he's shown on multiple occasions his ability to show up in difficult scoring, windy events, which was one of the main factors I looked at this week. And taking that into account, along with his recent form, it wasn't really a difficult choice. He just ticks too many boxes for me. So, yeah, Shane Lowry. Those sirens there weren't for Shane Lowry and his decision uh, whether we were to bet him for the PGA Championship or not. And you know what? It, I, I came into this week thinking that, that Shane Lowry was going to be a bet um because every reason you just outlined there like i think his major record is outstanding uh i think you know like that to me that's why i find him so compelling over a smith or you know not to compare the two directly but you know just i just think he's backed it up so often in every, everywhere like he's done it in the us open masters open i just i just thought the price was nowhere near what i wanted it to be in the end mm-hmm. like, I, I like back in shane larry at 40 50 to 1 where he probably belongs and i know his form like he's never played as far as i can remember as consistently as this t to green uh it is unbelievable and and like we say with cameron smith do you have to look at them as different golfers this year because of the way you know what smith is doing week to week what Mm -hmm. shane lowry has done all season long my concern is that he hasn't won those events that he could have won um it almost felt like he was destined to win that open championship so i i don't know i i, I think mm. at 40 to 1 it's an easy decision i think at 28 and 30 it's difficult it, when, isn't it? that's what i was alluding to yeah earlier. Like, it's tough i don't know whether i would have got there at that i think it's probably just not enough juice really i think 33s might have been possibly the lowest i'd go but yeah even then it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, I, just, I, I do really like him, though. You know, when you really, you really want to back someone, it's difficult sometimes. Sometimes you've got to draw the line. I, I just wanted to be on Shane Lowry this year when he wins because I think he will win, and mm. and I was almost willing to back him until he he didn't. Um, but yeah, I think I think his number has come into what it is. I, I think he's finally been quite up with. So forty to one, yes. Thirty to one, no. Um, and I mm. think you're kind of on that same line of thinking yeah. there, Brad, as well. Jason, anything yeah. to add on Shane Lowry, apart from the sirens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. No, no, I think you're right. I think the price has gone, but then we always know that these prices are going to go, don't we? Of course we? they are, yeah. And, it, and it's uh, factored into those prices and to those um, you know, places, isn't it? You know, we, we, He's an easy top 10 bet, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's, like I say, I think the top 20 market's excellent. Uh, I think he's got a bit too short for me. Uh, he's next to Willie Z in the market, who, you know, both of them are struggling to actually get over the line. They approach it in different ways. It's difficult. It's, um, it wouldn't surprise. I'd be surprised. I'm going to go at Brad's bets here this week. <laughs> um, I'd be amazed if he won, if he won this week. Um, but see, I wouldn't be. I, 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 w- I could really see him winning it because I think it could play into his hands. The wind gets up. The, the chipping around the greens excellent, but. I, I just the the price was just too off putting. Like he's going down to twenty two to one in places, and I just I, just I saw that. That's yeah. pretty. Like if, if I had a, if I had a choice between him and Matsuyama, I'm picking Matsuyama because I trust him more. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's one of those things. So 
you, you mentioned Will's Adatoris there, and we won't go player by player. This will be the last time before we kind of branch off into just people that we want to pick. But Zalatoris, Jace, is there enough juice in his price to, to go with him? I think he's just as likely to win this as he is anything else. I say that of every uh, tournament that we speak about Will's Zalatoris. I think this is a better test for him uh, than, than last week. Uh, but other than that, I, I don't really feel the need to go to him at the price. No, I think we we said I thought we said last week that his pattern was getting better, and um, didn't. he went into this. <laughs> he went into this with such an yeah. I, did, I think he, he went into this with such a a positive attitude into the Byron Nelson, um, and he was quite frankly not very good. Yeah. Um, so that's a way a bit like Sam uh, Sam Burns, you know, who I know an awful lot of people are on anti post. Mm. Uh, I think if I was going to shake, like sort of you know forget one of those performances it would actually be Burns over Zalatoris um, I think he's going to be more suited to, to the grind if it does come to, to you know, 4 under 5 under 6 under winning score um, just because I, I, I just don't like what Zalatoris did last week I would have just preferred to see a lot better um, he's going to win isn't he it's just when he wins but I don't have him this week so no I, I won't be on him again I'll put him in the same thing with Lowry, put him in the same thing with Dustin. I thought those were the three people I was going to bet this week and the price has dictated that I'm not. Um, I think with Burns as well, an interesting one. I think if you're on a fancy prices beforehand with triple digits, then great. You're, you're, you're still probably hoping that he can turn on the performance after last week. But if you're, if you were ever considering backing him at 33 to one now, after what we've seen in a couple of, a couple of weeks leading up to this, um, yeah, I, I I think we'd have to have a chat because, yeah. you know, he he has done exactly at the Masters what I don't think you can do when you're you're playing in this form. He goes and misses the cut when he yeah. looks a really good uh, profile for it, and we'll come on to someone a bit bigger than him that that put me off in the same respect with that as well. But you know, I know he missed the cut on the number, but it was seventy five, seventy four. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like there was a really good round after a crap one, like getting used to the Masters. Then he misses the cut of the Byron Nelson, and all of a sudden you start to look. And I know there was this kind of thing of no, he doesn't just putt really well on Bermuda, but <laughs> that was where he was playing really well. But you know, that's where he won Valspar, is where he played well at the players, where he played well at Bay Hill. He putted really, really well all of those weeks. Uh, hasn't putted well the last two weeks and, and missed the cut both times, both on the number. Um, but I just couldn't be on him at 33 to 1. It just it would drive me insane. So, um, that said, is there is there a case to be made for Brooks Kepka at all? Like, his. his it, you do not ever get 40 to 1 about Brooks Kepka in a major like, it just doesn't mm-hmm. happen i think he was 18 to 1 for the masters anti-post uh it, it looked like every time that the, the majors got further out he was a big price 40 to 1 10 places for a golfer whose record at the pj championship from his first top 15 reads 15th fifth full 13th first first 29th second um mm-hmm. even when you look at last year when he was obviously um, sort of hampered by injury, he played really well in the in the majors as well. What did he do? He was fourth at the U.S. Open. He was second, obviously, to Phil at the PGA Championship. Missed the cut of the Masters, and that's two missed cuts at Augusta now, which may be a little bit alarming in that respect. But played well at the match play. Played okay at the Valspar. Played okay at the Honda. You know, nearly won the Phoenix without his best stuff. I just, 
I didn't come into this week thinking that I was going to bet Brooks Kepka, but 40 to 1, 10 mm. places, Brad, is, is pretty well, ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with all that. Well, what concerns does anything come out about that withdrawal last week, or did he just not fancy? Did he just have a look at the course and thought, "F this"? Yeah, you know? I don't know. I, I haven't seen That's anything. I, I don't like backing people after a, a withdrawal uh, if I don't have any idea why. It just, <laughs> it just, it just feels like he's the only one of this lot that we've spoken about whose price has gone the way it should have done. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone else is kind of shortened up, and I can't really explain why on some of them. I think he might be worth the risk, though. As you, as you were saying, he's got such a compelling argument. He just shows up, doesn't he? And uh, he might just he might just have thought this wasn't the right preparation for next week. All, and just... all I would say is I'd almost just go fifty to one on the exchange and just have a savor that Brooks Kepka yeah. does what Brooks Kepka does at the PJ Chase. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, again, it's, um, I couldn't, but. It's a ludicrous price, and and is he fifty on exchange or is he bigger? He's fifty. Fifty. Okay, I mean it's not you know to to take that and to lay off. You're not going to ask an awful lot from a name, are you? Um, won't be one of my top six, seven, eight bets to be honest with you. But he 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 doesn't come yet. into the same consideration of any of the conversations that I've had about anyone so far. Like no, that's right. Yeah. And the, statistically, you're not going to find anything. It's just if you like Brooks Koepka at majors, which you'd be silly not to you know just just looking at you know the, the exchange and who's being bet like aside from scotty scheffler jordan spieth uh it, it's brooks kepka because people know what he does in this golf tournament and uh yeah I, yeah do you know what i mean it's it's but how long can you do well we've we, we fallen just... in the okay he was too big at 30s for a for a regular event okay he's too big at 40s and yes he won and people will just always lift on that from last year and I, I don't know I, I really don't know the it is purely a price play it's nothing to do with any confidence like if he missed the car I wouldn't be surprised um interesting to see if anything comes out about the withdrawal I think that's probably enough on Brooks Koepka I think if, if, you, if you're inclined to back Brooks Koepka in general 50 to 1 is massive on the exchange have a saver um Jason talk to about Corey Connors yeah, Corey Connors. I mean, I think if I could put another 40 yards onto his drive, I'd be all over him. Yeah. Uh, I know he's only won once, and I know he's the type of character that people will look and go, uh, I don't know about winning a major. Um, but certainly, I thought 9-4, to four, top 20, was very big. I mean, we know what he's like, Cedar Green. He's, you know, he's an absolute you know, megastar, Cedar Green. Um, some of his stats this year are excellent. I think he... I say didn't pull it all in, but um, it was you know he's very well fancied the last couple of times. Played all right at Heritage. I'm not sure he put everything in at, um, at the Wells Fargo, but it's still a decent effort. Um, he's second for rough proximity, whatever that means. Now I know you get various uh, degrees of rough, obviously on the PGA Tour, uh, but that's what he is. Can't argue with the facts. Um, and I like his progressive profile in majors. Yeah. So we know that he's uh, he's been fantastic at Augusta. He's gone tie 46, tie 10, tie 8, tie 6. But he's also done every other tournament. So in the Open, missed the cut, no event, tied 15. Um, and at the PGA, this event, he's gone tied 64, missed cut, and tied 17. Led, led after the opening round, didn't he, last year as well? Key yes, yeah. yeah. Playing fantastically, he's much more settled into the tour. It would be nice to see another win apart from Texas, but that works fine for me in terms of wind. Um, Green's in reg, he's 10th. Even off his, I say lack of length, but you know none of these players are particularly short, are they? It's just, it's just the, you know, the advantage. But 
I think he's going to be playing an awful lot of, of approaches uh, from fairways rather than roughs. Um, 36 in driving, actually, 10th in greens in reg. Uh, from 200 to 225 yards, he's 13th in approaches. Um, a bait hill, which I don't mind as a, as a difficult comparison. He was first in driving accuracy. I, I, I think he is uh, a player that could <laughs> easily sneak top 10s in a number of majors throughout his career. So while everybody else is bombing it around, he's just, you know, providing he doesn't put too much pressure yeah. on his short game, he's learned how to play Augusta so that that doesn't happen. Then, um, yeah, I, I think 9 to 4, top 20. And, uh, yeah, I mean, would I, would I think he'll win? No. Um, but I think he's I think he's a runner. I, I think he's the he's the perfect profile of what you were mentioning earlier, Jace. That we just have to take a price about him because of the ten places, eleven places, nine places on offer. Like if he was, if this was still the five places at quarterly odds, he'd have been a hundred to one, and and you know you'd be tipping him up for that. But it's yeah yeah, it, yeah it's different, isn't it? I mean, I think I think the thing with the PJ last year, like he had to sleep on a two shot lead going into the second round at a, golf, a tough golf course. Then he shoots a 75 in tough conditions, but he's still only three back, so he knows he's still within a chance. Then he shoots a 73, and he's only kind of he's he's not really in with a chance then, um, but still not you know completely out of it. I, I just think if he'd have gone, you know, the other way, he's the type of person that could have done exactly what Lowry and Podrick did on Sunday, which was just shoot up the leaderboard because he had a really good one round, you know. And all of a sudden, does your in, you know, impression of Corey Connors change because he shoots backdoor top four instead of a going the other way tied 17th. It's really interesting profile of how you look at him. So I do like what he's done. I do slightly worry that he is uh, an Augusta specialist again, but you know, Eventually. Like I just like the progressive profile throughout all the majors. Yeah, that, that's he's got going, better every year. Like 2021 mm-hmm. was a big year for him in majors, three top 15s and, and one missed cut. And he's, He's missed two cuts in the US Open. Might not be the best setup, despite the fact it would actually kind of suit his game, we think. But he's even, you know, even contended at that match play. He's got a top seven at the uh, the Players Championship as well. He just seems to be playing these bigger tournaments well. So um, interesting to see what Corey Collins does this year. Um, before we sort of move on to to bigger shots, Brad, did you want to have a word on Daniel Berger at all? Um, I, I just think it's a bit of a, a sneaky player, really, because you have. He hasn't really been playing much, um, but I just feel like he 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 has he has the the all round game, which I've you know he's one of them players which is just pretty steady at everything, and I think that's pretty suited. It's going to be coming handy this week. You're going to need it all. So um, yeah, the only worry would be has he been is he hasn't been playing that well, but he's he played really played well enough at the, um, the Heritage. But yeah, it's the only concern. Uh, I do think that. He appeals at the price. I think 66 is he there. I think that's a pretty, pretty, pretty disrespectful price. But yeah, other than that, I just, I don't know. You can't make a really big case for him because we haven't really seen nothing recently. But yeah, I do, I do think price-wise, value-wise, um, I think he could be a good bet. I thought he was a really good major player earlier in his career. Like he had that top 10 at his first ever um, Masters. Then he kind of backed that up with 27, 32nd place finishes. He had a top six at the US Open where he, he shot that kind of low round when everyone was struggling in 2018. Then he shoots his 13th at the PJ in 2020, 7th and 8th last year in US Open Open Championship. My concern with him is that it just gets too long for him. Like, mm. is he just Webb Simpson reincarnated? Uh, <laughs> just goes and wins all those kind of heritage Honda 
Yeah, and and that's not a knock, by the way. Fucking Webster's had an incredible career and won a US Open. I do think Berger mm-hmm. can do that. I do think, but it just it just felt like Berger was getting overlooked because for a little while his iron play was actually the best of anyone on tour for a really long period of time. Uh, even when we were talking about sort of JT and Zalasaurus and Morikawa, and then all of a sudden it's it's not. Um, don't know. Don't don't know. Well, we haven't even mentioned the bunkers here. They're gonna. They look. They look trouble. Like they're all around the green. So yeah. uh, he's, he's a fantastic bunker player. So yeah. Um, yeah. That you could look at that as well as a as a positive. Yeah, he's one of those people that like if he was there on Sunday, you just go, oh, he was kind of a big price. Um, mm. But he, by the same token, he just isn't to me. It's, it's really weird. I mean, he actually he actually leads the tour in Sandsay percentage. Uh, ahead of Shane Lowry, so interesting enough, those two people that you've kind of spoken about. Uh, yeah. JT's there in sixth, Xander Shoffley fourth. Interesting. Um, where well, isn't Xander top five or something and then doesn't actually win? Wow. Um, Cameron Young. Do you know what? Do you, know what you, you, you just quickly say that. Do you remember that time when we just like every, I said every time we look for uh, Xander Shoffley, you can Scotty Scheffler. Scheffler. Yeah. They were always next to each other in the top ten of every stack. Yeah, it's just quite amazing the way that the last year has gone. It, you know, do, do, you, th- do you think Shoffley has got the same profile that he can do what Shefter's done? No, no, do, not anymore. No. Because it's no, just I, I, no, too no, much scar yeah, tissue. I'm, I'm writing, I'm writing him off too much. Um, it, no, he's obviously next year he'll come out and win five. It, I think he's limited to where he can, where he can perform. Uh, whereas I think. Scotty Scheffler. I still don't believe it, but you know he he's, he can perform at a variety of tracks. I mean, before it was thinking you know he needs a long track, he needs it quite open, not too much pressure on his short game, and now he's virtually the all round. He's got he's got the John Rahm play, but with a calmer attitude. Yeah. Uh, still can't believe he's you know he's world number one in as, as quick as he has, but um, yeah, I think he's he looks as though he could be around for. You know, very very long time. There looks to be very little weakness in his game. Yeah. Uh, and he just does it so easily that that I, I find it hard. Where you know, getting around Valderrama ain't have a problem. But uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, it's hard to see a tournament where he's not going to compete. And it, I think he'll do what most number ones do, which is continue to put in top tens. Obviously, that'd be odd. Not, but he'll win two or three a year. Whereas I, I think Xander's... I don't think Scar tissue. I just think he's not as progressive. I don't know what's happened. Um, yeah, it's uh, he loses things under pressure, and uh, that's not a good thing. No, no, I agree with that. All of that. Cameron Young is now coming to a price where I think he's almost unbackable. I think it was interesting when he was 100 to one, uh, 125 to one, and then that was what he was looking like he was going to be even up until last week. Uh, seems to have really shortened up in the market despite not playing last week. Obviously, four top three finishes, uh, two of them in his last two starts. Sanderson Farm second, Genesis second, third at the Heritage, second at Wells Fargo. Um, only thing I would say to that, probably never really looked like he was going to win the Wells Fargo. I think that was always between Bradley and Homer. Uh, I don't really remember what he'd done at the Heritage uh, to get that third place, but I'm pretty sure it was almost a little bit backdoor as well. Um, maybe he started quick. I can't remember what, what he did there at the Heritage. Uh, Riviera again. Yes, there were points where he put a lot of pressure on. Um, on Joaquin Neiman, but in the end, it always looked like Neiman was going to win it. 
and the Sanderson Farms, he wasn't, you know, wasn't going to win it. I don't think, you know, I thought Burns was in control. So that would be my only thing. That also does mean that he's not throwing anything away. So that's a that's a good sign. Um, Brad, is it just too soon? Possibly. I, I can't. It's one of them players. He could be like the Zalatoris of last year. You know, he's just going to show up in in majors. You know, he's just he's taken to the PGA like a duck to water. And but as you said, it's just the price now. I mean, I was I was actually interested in taking him. I thought we would get maybe triple digits still because obviously he hasn't really um, done anything in the majors. It's his first one and uh, well, USPGA and so I thought 80s you can get is the best price. It's just a little bit. A little bit too short for me. Especially with the slightly reduced uh, terms of that 80s as well. The thing, mm. He was the one, as I alluded to earlier with Sam Burns, the shooting 77-77 at Augusta really put me off. Like, Yeah, and I was on him that week. Not not on him to back him out, right? No, but I was I on him, uh, top, top debutant. I actually fancied, I was on him and uh, Gooch, top debutant, and uh, I thought he would actually enjoy you know i thought you'd get, have some joy at um augusta but yeah it was that was a bit a bit of a worry so you could argue there maybe the occasion got to him um which it could maybe get to him here as well yeah i think i think for me like that was i was on him top 20 i think i put him up for on the oshaka article and that's why i bet him as well and um i just look at his look at his season and the only times he's really struggled miscut the players miscut the masters didn't get out of his group at the match play the big ones, yeah. Three three biggest events of the year uh, didn't do it. So, just inexperience yeah. that chase rather than, than any ability um, marks? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I, I thought three to one top 20 was was very, very fair. Yeah. Um, he gives me the... I mean, it's a long, long, long way off of, of a Brooks Kepp or something like that, but he gives me that impression that that's where he's heading, that type of tournament. A bit nonchalant. Um, you know that that type of thing, and it's obvious. I mean, you know, we we all looked at it and say, you know, he smashes the ball an absolute mile. Where can he smash the ball a mile? And here he can smash the ball a mile. Yeah. Um, the, the, look, I mean, we've looked at it, and last two tournaments, you know, his short game has been no, he can't putt, but his short game has been excellent, which will be fine here. Um, is that a turnaround? Did he need to play every single week to keep that going? I don't know. He might be playing ten rounds a day. I'm got a clue. Um, Peter Green is, is is great, isn't it? The last, mm. the last really But good. we're not talking we're not talking um, a standard tournament. I, I would take the chance of three to one. I don't think he can win. Um, I think three to one top twenty is is very very fair for him. Mm. Um, I, and I understand why he's come in. But yeah, I agree with you. I think I think you'd want you'd want eighty to one sort of top ten, top eleven really um, as a minimum. I'm not sure yeah. I'd make it three figures. Um, but equally, this is this is so top heavy, isn't it? Uh, difficult, difficult. Three to one top twenty is my bet for him. I'd apply all of that and more to Max Homer. Just just the price is gone. Just like he's so good. I think we've said a couple of times, Jason, that I don't think his improvement in the game has still been taken seriously because of just who he is on social media and. I think he's so good now. Like he, he just looks like a proper gamer. He's added distance on the tee. He seems to be able to close out tournaments. He's now forty to one with those ten places, fifty-five to one nine places, and his major record, uh, abysmal. Yeah. <laughs> you can't add to it, can you? I mean, he is. He's, he's fantastic. I, I think in contention, he's brilliant to watch. 
he's got an all-round game. Uh, but like you say, he doesn't do it in majors. What does he believe he is? I, I think he's so modest sometimes in interview. You think to yourself, well, really, you know, you need to, you know, you know, gee yourself up yeah. and believe that you are one of the best. But and he is one of the best. But he's Tita Green stuff. Sorry, Tita Green stuff and yeah. someone like you know Riviera and and Torrey and places like that. You know, top class tournaments, really difficult courses. It's fabulous. Um, yeah, he, to him. He, he has actually. I can't see it, but it'd be lovely to see him in major. He has spoken on that himself. He has acknowledged that he needs to back himself because he's better than he gives himself credit for. And just having that 13th place finish at the players, he's made the cut in his last two majors as opposed to missing almost all of them beforehand. Uh, 40th of the Open, 40th of the Masters. Just sort of suggests that he knows how to get through to the weekend. And if he can just get through to the weekend at this event, uh, especially on this golf course, I think it really could work for him. I don't well, like that. might be just, just his way of, of, you know, alleviating stress and tension. Like, yeah. You know, downplaying himself the whole time. Of course it is. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's uh, I love watching him play. Um, and obviously we've been reasonably successful on him as well. Yeah. Uh, and it would have been on twice when he's won. So, um, yeah, you know, it'd be lovely to see it, mate. Yeah, that, that, that is a bet. And again, I'll apply the same to Tony Fee now, I'd like, but I just can't be on at the price. Um, Keegan Bradley interests me, but he's, he's the classic. He's 66 to 1, 10 places. I think 10th is a good finish for Keegan Bradley these days. Uh, you know, I thought I thought he was actually better in contention than he got credit for uh, at the Wells Fargo, but ultimately he did still lose. And I don't expect that to necessarily change uh, if he got in the hunt here. So, if, do I believe he can win? Probably not. So I would probably look at kind of. I think he's a really good top twenty play because his form is just so good, and his tee screen stuff is is back to what we know about Keegan Bradley. So I think he's another candidate there for for kind of the top twenty market. I don't think he can win. Um, he's had three top eight finishes in his last five starts, so really impressive. They've come at the players and and the Wells Fargo. So. Yeah, I do. There's there's a lot to like. Um, he's obviously a winner of this event in the past, but I think King Bradley winning the PGA in 2011 when he didn't know what he knows now about himself was uh, a lot easier than King Bradley winning the PGA now. So, um, Brad, anything to add on King Bradley? No, not at all. Like he's trended into four. I was gutted he couldn't get it over the line for us the other, yeah. the other week. But yeah, as you say, he's got the experience, been there, done that. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I can't see it personally. No, I can't, I can't see him winning, which I is think, why I just say, I think top it. twenty, top twenty would definitely be the way to go. Yeah, as you as you get, said, get him out there on the first round leader. He'll love that. Um, Cameron Champ, because uh, I'm now going to kind of just, I'm just, we're now just going to name the names because we said this is going to be a, a shorter podcast. There's only one event, and we're ticking over to hour and a half as we speak. So, um, hundred to one, Cameron Champ. 10 places, 125 to 1, 9 places. I, ju- I just think, just because we keep referencing Augusta, uh, I, th- I think that's really important for Cameron Champ. Like, he just keeps playing Augusta really well. Uh, he keeps, you know, we know he can win a golf tournament. What do we need here? We need, you know, a long driver and, and potentially someone decent around the greens. He can be that. Uh, he kind of signposts when he's going to do something. He's definitely been signposting something recently. He's finished 10th, 6th, and 38th. And I just thought that the way, you know, he doesn't gain strokes in approach ever. And I think that's generally speaking because he hits the ball so far, he gets nullified a lot. He gained strokes in approach every round last week. 
I know it was a you know hit and giggle, but he was 12th in the field in the final round of his approach. I really like that. I, th I think that's a, a massive step forward for him. He was fourth uh, tee to green on Sunday as well. So I, I do think Cameron Champ is the type that can get himself in the mix. He's got a top 10 in this event uh, in the past, in 2020. I know, again, that's a you know a completely different test, Kiowa Island versus this. Uh, Kiowa Island. Someone wrote, you know, tell me where it was. Um, it was at Harding Park, wasn't it? Colin Morikawa won. It, it, I really like it. I, th I think if I was going to go to anyone outside, as it was him and the person next to him uh, in the market is Matt Kucha. He's 150 to 110 places. If you want someone that's going to pull off the Phil Mickelson, then Matt Kucha is probably the best profile for that. Uh, we, we talk about Cameron Young having some top three finishes. He's gone second at Valero, third at the Heritage, shot 64 yesterday, seventh at the Sony earlier in the season as well. Major record, used to be really reliable, Matt Kuchar in, in majors, used to be the guy that you knew could get you a top 20, you knew that could kind of get yourself some each way money and hasn't been that for a little while. But I think there's going to be these guys, there's going to be a lot of focus on the big hitters. And, you know, I think mm -hmm. there's going to be someone like a him or a Kevin Kisner or someone who's just going to get themselves in the top 10 um, and do it. The, the really alarming thing is he's missed his last seven straight cuts in major championships, and it probably would have been eight if we played the, the Open Championship in 2020 as well. So um, that would be my my own argument against my own sort of name. But, uh, yeah, Cameron Champ of the two really, really appeals to me. 100 to 110 places. Mm -hmm. I do like Cameron Champ. Don't mind it. Any it's others good. to... Obviously, Brad, you've given your three selections that, that you're happy yep. with. Um, mm -hmm. Any names that you thought in in the kind of... Um, I've, got, I've got to admit, I'm quite interested in just avoiding all the the outrights and just... I, I quite think I might dip into the top 40 market this week. Yeah. And I think the Asian players are... The, the players that are coming over from the Asian tours are... Give me a bit of interest, like a bio Kim who's been playing some excellent golf over in on, on Asian tour. And he's got a bit of exposure to playing golf in the US, obviously in the past. Somewhat like I'm, I'm seeing Paddy Power, thousand to one ten places, and I don't know if they've released any odds yet, but I can only imagine from the outrights, um, he's going to be a very juicy top forty number, um, and just someone like that. I'm just thinking they're the sort of so that's where I'm kind of looking at the moment. Um, even Hoshino been playing really well on the Japanese tour. And these are players that uh, they used to. They are, some of the Japanese courses a bit different, obviously, um, a lot different. But there's a massive grind, so they're used to the grind, um, and they've been playing well. And they might just they might just finish in the top 40, and you get a really good number about them. Um, they're certainly talented, but. It's just going to be completely different, but they might be able to adjust and have a top four. And we also we spoke about uh, Tommy Kim, didn't we? Yeah. Julian Kim, who's a very talented I, young boy. I was really impressed with what Kim did in the fact that he came over and did something on the PJ Tour last week. Like, hasn't done that yet. Like, even we, we liked him for the Saudi International, yeah. you know, and, and didn't do it. And all of a sudden finishes 17th last week. And that kind of gives me a bit of a, a, a positive, because, I yeah. mean, he, he's playing with these players. Um, you know, over on the Asian tour, so and he, he's been getting beat. Uh, so it gives me a little bit of a, I know it's, as we said, completely different test last week. Yeah. 
Um, but it does give me a little bit of motivation to at least target the top 40 players if there is going to be some really juicy numbers about on these um, on these Asian tour and Japanese tour players that are coming over this week. So I really like Juwon Kiwi. He finished fifth in approach last week, 12th after round one, 16th after round two, 11th after round, uh, 11th in round three. Those are all round by round rather than after, sorry. Uh, and then Juwon Kim had... Mm. Um, he had a fourth in T screen in the second round and 16th in the third round as well. So I was really impressed with that. He's 300 to 1, 10 places. Anaban Lahiri, I think, is playing some of the best golf of his career again and has snuck a top five in a PGA Championship in his, uh, in his history. So that would be uh, one to talk. And I thought Mark Leishman was a big price. Like, I, don't, I don't fancy him at all. I don't really like the course massively for him. But if we're talking about Augusta comps, that's obviously a good thing for Mark Leishman. Wind blows, that's going to be a good thing for Mark Leishman. So I think the tougher it gets, maybe that does bring him into it. And like, whereas I thought Jason Day was going to be a big price, he's half the price. And Mark Leishman's 110 to 1 with 10 places. So don't often see that about Mark Leishman. I think it's so reflective of the fact that his form's pretty crap. Um, and, and there's no real sign it's going to turn around. But uh, yeah, I, I thought him, he was a kind of name you didn't expect to see down there. But Jace, any kind of long shots for you? Or are we kind of sticking with the routine that it's basically the top and don't worry about the rest. Yeah, I think so. I'd be interested to see how Pete, you know, play people like uh, Bob McIntyre yeah. um, play, to be honest. Um, Very good. He's, just, he's never missed a cut in a major, is he, Robert McIntyre, so far? No, no, no. Um, and you're just, I think you're just playing around now, which is fine at big prices. But, yeah, I, don't, I don't expect them to, to be seen on the front page, but there's always one, isn't there? It's just how many do you want to take? Yeah. No, we're, we're all just waiting for the price on Meg McLaren for the uh, the ladies this week. Of course. Yeah, I mean, what price is she going to be? Like four to one or something? Uh, well, we'll see, won't we? No, no, because <laughs> Stark's, Stark's in it. She's always nine to two favourite. So um, we'll see what happens. Be interesting. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there's really too much left to say. Uh, you know, you've got the form players on the DP World Tour all kind of in this 300, 400 one bracket. If you really wanted to, to do that, if someone asked me about Wiesberger earlier... Facebook can't win a DP World Tour event, so I don't really care about him in here. Um, Horsfield shortened up, whereas he was kind of 300 to 1. He's now probably where he should be. I have visions of backing him last year at Kiowa and him not being able to break 80 on round two, so that was great. Um, I'm done. Oliver, Oliver Becker. Playing out of his skin, Oliver Becker, isn't he? Imagine. <laughs> Just if, ima- imagine Oliver Becker winning his first tournament <laughs> in this run of form at the PGA Championship. Mm. Um, by the way, I think they were telling how good of a putter he was yesterday on, on the coverage, and my experience of backing Oliver Becker, that doesn't ring true. So, um, interesting. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's us done, uh, unless anyone's got anything else to add, because I think otherwise you're just naming names that probably can't win. Yeah. That's right, yeah. No, I'm done. Anything for you, Jason? Uh, no, no, no. I think, it'd be, it, I think it's one of them uh, where it's a fabulous tournament to watch. Um, I think it will be an absolute grind, hooray, hooray, and all that. But in terms of betting, uh, don't don't go don't go looking for 151 winners because it's not happening. No, no. So I'm going to summarise my picks. I am going to instead of trying to split them, I'm going to go with Thomas and Spieth. Uh, 16 to one, 10 places. Thomas, 18 to one, nine places. Spieth, uh, and I'm also going to go with Hideki Matsuyama. How you choose to play him is entirely up to you. Uh, he is. 10 places for 25 to 1 or he's 8 places 28 to 1 I'd probably just take the 10 places uh, and then I'm going to have Cameron Champ there at uh, 100 to 110 places I, I just like what he's doing 
Uh, he's got his two top tens and majors and, and playing some really good golf. And his approach play last week was good. Brad, your selections for us. Yep, I got Jordan Spieth at 18 to 1, uh, Cameron Smith 25 to 1, and the price has gone on Lowry. I took him at 40 to 1. He's, I think, best you can get 30 to 1 now, and I to struggle to uh, take him at that number. So, yeah. Yeah. And my three picks. Like that. And Jace, for you? Not what you want to hear, but uh, uh, Connors at 9 at 4, top 20, Young at 3 at 1, top 20, and then absolute bundles on Rory, Spieth, and JT for top 20s. Slight odds on two out of three gets you a profit. Um, all three, obviously, nice. Uh, and you can worry about getting the win on a Sunday afternoon. I'll be happy when they finish eighth, tenth, and eleventh. <laughs> so, so just, just to confirm, no outright selections for you this week on the PJ. No, I think I think one of them will win, but I, I'm I'm not putting my. I just it's too hard. Yeah. Mm. No, no I, th- I think I think sometimes you do have to just take that stance. Like it, it is such a difficult. You know, it's a really difficult betting event. I've never, I've not felt confident in the week. I, I really like the, the players I've picked, but I don't know which one. You know, it wasn't like Speed last week where I was absolutely sweet on him. Really thought, you know, he was, he was head and shoulders above everyone else. I think there's three or four players like that for me, and you know, I've gone with three of them. But it's, uh, you know, I could easily see some of the top markets do it as well. So that summarises our picks for the PGA Championship. Brad gives out, you know, three-figure winners all the time, and we've done it on here, eighty-one, fifty-one, and, and we'll get more. Mm. But this week is not the week. No, I, I don't. I don't think you need to. Like in my head, Jason, I think that's a really important. Before we kind of cut off here, are anyone that's backing long shots this week, unless you've got this really strong profile about them, I feel like you're just doing it because you feel like you have to. Like when people put up tips, and you know, they pick four or five golfers. They get very conscious about putting up two or three short of, you know, 30, 40 to one um, because it's not the dumb thing, right? I'd rather back the three golfers. I think I've got a really good chance than try and steal place money on, you know, I've done it with champ, right? And I think that's that's where I'd go. But don't try and go and get a 300 to one shot trying to get them into the kind of top eight because we've seen on past leaderboards that, uh, you know, it doesn't really happen. There will be one. And if, if you're on them and, you know, if, some sicko out there is probably going to have a bet on Bernd Wiesberger and he's going to go and win the PJ Championship. But it won't be me, uh, I can assure you. So um, I, th- I think just being sensible with your stakes, realising that it probably is between the top six, ten in the market uh, and, and you know maybe looking to top Korean, top Asian, top English, top whatever, just to kind of get those other bets in that you want to do. There's no reason not to spread the wealth, I think, is... Uh, is the way to do that and hopefully we, we find a winner again uh it's, it's going well we could have had back-to-back winners but you know kh lee's here now so it is what it is thanks gents as ever 